Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast. The Hallelujah, 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 Hallelujah edition as the Bengals rejoice on opening day after a thrilling overtime win over the Minnesota Vikings. Coming up, you'll hear radio replays from Sunday's game, post-game comments from players and coaches, and analysis from my broadcast partner, Dave Lapham. The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Bud Light Seltzer. Refresh the game. And here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or Podbean. It's the greatest thing since having a large, loud crowd back at Paul Brown Stadium. After playing their home games at limited capacity last year, the Bengals welcomed more than 56,000 fans into the jungle on Sunday, and they made a huge difference. The Vikings committed three false start penalties on their first seven attempted plays and were guilty of five false starts in all. Here's Joe Burrow. Strictly because of the fans. You know, that's why they give us such a big advantage. And, you know, we're going to keep winning, and they're going to keep coming, and it's going to get louder and louder and louder. The jungle truly lived up to the nickname. Now, let's recap the game. Neither team moved the ball in the first quarter. The Vikings had two first downs. The Bengals only had one. But Minnesota started rolling in the second quarter. Third down and 24 for the Vikings. Shotgun snap. Cousins with a quick pass. Caught. And Osborne breaks out of a tackle. Streaks down the sideline and picks up the first down. The Bengals could not stop the Vikings on third and 24 simply because they could not tackle K.J. Osborne. Man, that's just, that's a sad state of affairs right there. You got to finalize that play. Eli Apple not only missed the tackle, he was later called for defensive holding in the end zone, negating a sack by Larry Ogunjobi and setting up the game's first score. Vikings started at their own nine. They have it at the Bengals' five. First and goal. Cousins looking to pass. Fires wide open is Thielen. He caught 14 red zone touchdowns a year ago, and he has his first one in 2021. Eli Apple unable to stay with Adam Thielen. That was a 14-play drive that took nearly eight and a half minutes off the clock. To that point, the Bengals had punted on their first three possessions. But things were about to change. Two deep safeties for the Vikings. Burrow back to throw from the pocket. His pass caught by Jamar Chase at the Vikings 45. A first down pickup on third and nine. And career catch number one for numero uno, Jamar Chase. Chase finished with five catches for 101 yards and no drops. Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow say they weren't worried about Jamar. I would have been concerned if his approach wasn't the right way. If he was sleeping in meetings and showing up late and not doing that, then I would have been concerned. But it was the exact opposite. I had a couple guys come up to me and say, you know, I hope hope Jamar comes to play today. I said, don't worry. It's Sunday. It's game day. He's going to come ready to play. Chase added a 13-yard catch on third and seven to help set up the tying TD. Empty backfield. Burrow looking to pass. Throws it into the end zone. Caught by T. Higgins. Touchdown, Bengals. Burrow's first touchdown pass of the year. And the Bengals score with 147 left in the half. That tied the score at seven, and the Bengals' defense got a three and out to give the ball right back to Joe Burrow. 
Mixon to the quarterback's left. Burrow drops straight back to throw again. He's going to fire it long for Jamar, Come on, Jamar. Chase. Yeah. Over the shoulder catch yeah. at the 15. Woo. He runs it into the end zone. Touchdown, Bengals. Jamar Chase doing the gritty in the end zone as Cincinnati gets a 50-yard touchdown pass with 35 seconds left in the half. And Brashad Greeland is not gritty. He's on his backside. He got beaten. They are targeting Greeland. 21 has a target on his back. And when Joe Burrow saw man coverage, Greeland on chase, his eyes got big. And he threw big down the football field. Here's Burrow on the 50-yard touchdown pass that made it 14-7 at the half. Two-minute drill, and you know they're playing soft the first couple plays, and we were kind of dinking and dunking our way up the field. And so I knew that they were going to be a little more aggressive when we crossed the 50 because they didn't want to give up a field goal. Um, and I knew that that Brilliant was the more aggressive corner, and so I, I was going to take that matchup. And you know I, I had a feeling he was going to kind of sit on a short route, and that's that's what he did. After scoring two touchdowns in the final two minutes of the half, the Bengals got the ball to begin the third quarter and scored again. First and goal at the two. Burrow in the gun. Mixon to his right. He hands it to Joe Mixon. Joe struggling, twisting, trying to get in. Touchdown! Bengals as Mixon takes it into the end zone and the Bengals have gone up by two TDs. That made it 21 to seven. And after the defense forced the Vikings to punt again, the Bengals got the ball back and faced fourth down and one at their own 30 with three and a half minutes left in the third quarter. When Zach Taylor left the offense on the field, many of us figured he was simply trying to draw the Vikings off sides. Fourth and a yard deep in their own territory. They're at their own 30. I'd be surprised if they actually go right. for it. We'll see if the Vikings commit yet another penalty, but we'll see. Burrow under center. The Vikings crowd the line. The Bengals do go for it. And Mixon, spinning forward, oh, does not get it. Get it. He stopped Man. at the 30-yard line. Wow. I am stunned beyond belief that the Bengals went for that. Wow. It's fourth and one. Um, I felt like we could go steal a victory right there. You know, we're up 21-7. And if we can just bang home the momentum right there with the fourth and one, um, I, I should have had a better play call. You know, they, they loaded up that front pretty good, made some substitutions. Uh, not our best call there. That gave Minnesota life, and the Vikings capitalized. Cousins catches the shotgun snap, throws, slant, caught by Thielen, running away from the Bengals' defense into the end zone for a 24-yard touchdown. Well, you knew he was going to Thielen. I mean, that's the guy. That's the guy he goes to on third down. That's the guy he goes to in the red zone. They were right there at the cusp of the red zone. And on fourth down, he didn't look anywhere else. So the Bengals took a 21-14 lead to the fourth quarter. Last year, in the nine full games that Joe Burrow played, The Bengals had fourth-quarter leads in six, and only one, two. Against the Vikings, the Bengals added to their lead early in the fourth thanks to the powerful right leg of rookie kicker Evan McPherson. His first NFL field goal try will be from 53 yards away. Harris ready to snap it back to Huber. Huber extends the right hand, catches, puts it down. Evan McPherson's kick is going to be good from 53 yards away. And the Bengals have taken a 10-point lead in the first minute of the fourth quarter. To that point, the Bengals' defense had been pretty dominant. But the Vikings have too much offensive firepower to shut down all day. Cincinnati up by 10, 9.26 left. First down and goal from the one for Minnesota. Cousins under center. 
He'll take the direct snap, toss sweep to the left. Dalvin Cook slicing back toward the middle, and he goes into the end zone standing up for the Minnesota touchdown. With a three-point lead, the Bengals tried to drain the clock by running the ball, including a run on third and four with two minutes to go that failed, giving the Vikings the ball back at their own five-yard line with 148 left. Kirk Cousins completed six out of seven passes, giving kicker Greg Joseph a chance to force overtime from 53 yards away. Barry is the holder. He just joined the team last week. Here comes the swing of the right leg. The kick is on its way, and it is good. We're headed to overtime, tied at 24. In overtime, the Bengals had to punt on their first two possessions, and it didn't look like they were going to get a third as the Vikings were on the verge of reaching comfortable field goal range. Will the Vikings run it from the Bengals 38 with two minutes left in overtime? The answer is yes. Dalvin Cook knocked down by the legs near the line of scrimmage. A one-yard Balls game. out. And the Bengals are celebrating. Jesse Bates was the first guy there. Yes, it is. Give it to him. Yes. yes. The officials say the Bengals have the football. Jermaine Pratt with the recovery. Jermaine Pratt ripped it out and recovered it, giving the Bengals one last chance to win the game. Three offensive plays gained nine yards, meaning it was fourth and one at the 48. The Bengals not only decided to go for it, they decided to go for broke. Burrow back to pass. Has time. Throws it downfield for Uzama. He has it at the 30, the 25, out of bounds at the 20-yard line. What a gutsy call by Cincinnati. And what a throw by Joe the Magician as he floats it downfield to C.J. Uzama. The Bengals are well within field goal range with 31 seconds on the clock. And C.J. Uzama lined up at the tight end position on the right side of the formation and runs a crossing route all the way over to the between the numbers and the in the sideline to the left side Joe Burrow feathers a ball in there perfect touch what a call Burrow walked to the line with two plays to choose from and chose wisely here are Burrow and Uzama on a 32-yard passing play on fourth and one you know we hit him with a QB sneak early in the game so they put a guy on the center and then two guys inside shade on the guards you know it was gonna be tough to run the ball up the middle um, so you know, we had the second play called. That's what I got to. And, you know, we've we've run that play multiple times over the last couple of years, and I don't think we've thrown it to CJ one time. Um, but credit to him. He was ready for it. And, you know, now I think the last two years we've hit everybody on that play. So that's a, that's a good play for us. I have gotten the ball one time in three years of that play, and it was this week in practice against the air because Joe wanted to run it against the air. Uh, and so, yeah, um, it's a little surprising the ball is in the air, but, yeah, it, it honestly was the perfect look for it. So how would Uzama describe that play call? Ballsy. <laughs> uh, but again, that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the trust. You know, I mean, I got to say, that's, that's, that's some big cojones there um, by, by him. And, and again, I'm fortunate we practiced that one because it usually goes a lot shorter than 30, uh, and, and we just get the sticks. So, um, but... Again, that's the trust he has in, in us. Joe has in me to, to loft it up and, and have me go get it. The Bengals ran the clock down to five seconds remaining and called on their 22-year-old kicker to win the game. The Bengals field goal unit is lined up and ready to go. A 33-yard try to win the game for Evan McPherson. Fifth-round draft pick rookie out of Florida. Clark Harris, 13th-year pro, will snap it back to Kevin Huber, 13th-year pro. The snap, the put-down, the swing of the leg, the kick on its way. Boom, it boom. is good! Yeah. 
The Bengals nice. win it on the final play of overtime. Evan McPherson hoisted onto the shoulders of his teammates as Cincinnati pulls it out 27 to 24. How many times has there been a, a kick at the gun to tie it up and to put it into overtime, then a kick at the gun to win it in overtime by the other team? I don't think that's been done a whole lot. Good call, Lap. It was the first regular season game in NFL history with a game-tying score with no time left in regulation and a game-winning score with no time left in overtime. Here's the hero, Evan McPherson, and his head coach. That was actually my first, I guess, kind of walk-off field goal. Um, it's super exciting, and uh, you know, I'm glad I got to do it for this team. Uh, they've worked so hard uh, for this game, and uh, I think... You know, all of us want to succeed this season and uh, make the playoffs and make a run for the for the Super Bowl. And you know, this is where that started. So I'm I'm super happy that I could, um, I guess, give the team what what we wanted, and, and that's a win. A rookie kicker, special team, stepped up first game. I don't care how far that field goal is, um, that's that's a tense situation. And, and uh, he was nails as we expected him to be. Um, I remember that coming up in draft night. You know, hey, somebody stood up on the table for him and. So this guy's going to win his games, and, and here we are, one to know. McPherson received a game ball, but Joe Mixon could have received one as well. 29 carries for 127 yards, plus four catches for 23 more. Man, it felt great. Um, I don't know if y'all felt it, but I thought it was electric out there with the atmosphere. It was crazy. Um, uh, we, I'm just, just very pleased that we got the win. We worked real hard. We've been working real hard all offseason. Um, we've been working hard and trying to do whatever we can to get the chemistry going. And uh, we was able to do that and made it happen. So, you know, I'm just happy that we got the dub. And so is his head coach. After losing the opener last year when Randy Bullock missed a chip shot that would have forced OT, the Bengals beat the Vikings and Mike Zimmer's formidable defense. That might be one of the best defenses we're going to play all year. Uh, best coordinated, best talent, best experience. Um, they make things really, really hard on you. Um, I'm glad that one's over, you know, and, and uh, our, our guys held up there. It's not always going to look pretty. you got to make some plays, which our guys did. Joe hung in there and made some big-time throws. They might not appear to be big-time throws, but in the moment it was, based on all the looks he had to manage. Um, so, again, that's, you know, it's, people ask if week one is different. Week one is different. As I walked off the field, I thought, well, you know, it is different because we'd waited so long for this one opponent and you get a chance to think and overthink and what if they do that, okay, all that stuff. And now, now it's passing just on that six-day work week. And you got to go get ready for the Chicago Bears. And I'm, I'm thankful to, to turn the page and move on. Joe Burrow finished 20 for 27 for 261 yards with two touchdown passes, no picks, and a passer rating of 128.8. More importantly, it's the first game-winning drive in the fourth quarter or overtime of his NFL career. Here's a quick reminder that the Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Bud Light Seltzer. It's light and refreshing with a hint of fruit flavor. Now, time for post-game analysis with my broadcast partner, Dave Lapham. Quite a victory to begin the season lap as the Bengals pull it out in the final play of overtime, 27-24. to A game that I think will be remembered for two fourth down decisions. Mm-hmm. The third quarter decision to go for it on fourth and one that was a disaster. It allowed the Vikings to get back into the game. And then at the end of overtime, fourth and about a centimeter, Joe Burrow goes to a, checks to a play where they throw it downfield to C.J. Uzama, a 32-yard gain that leads to the game-winning kick. Yeah, I mean, Zach uh, said after the game, when I was uh, doing the interview with him, he said that, uh, 
you know, we're, we're not going to, we're going to be aggressive. We're going to go after people. We're not going to sit back. And the reason for those fourth down calls, one of them worked and one of them didn't. C.J. Azama said it wasn't even supposed to go to him. For Joe to see it like he did and to make a throw that he did, because uh, I said, asked him, do you ever think the ball was going to come down? It's one of those things where the ball's hanging, hanging, hanging. You just hope it gets there. And he said, well, in that situation, that was the perfect thing to do because, you know, I could track it and um, I didn't have any problem in, you know, waiting for the thing to come down. And it turned out, out to be a, a huge play, obviously. But uh, I really can't remember, Dan, and there's got to be other cases of it. But one team hits one at the gun to put it in overtime and the opposite team hits one at the gun to win it in overtime at the complete, you know, at the final seconds of overtime. So that's a that's a roller coaster for sure and a great win for the team that wins and a bitter defeat for the team that doesn't. Well, you said during the course of the week your hope was that Joe Burrow wouldn't have to throw it a million times. In an overtime game, he only attempted 27 passes. The Bengals wanted to try to keep the, the game on the ground, try to take time off the clock, try to use Joe Mixon, and that strategy worked. 29 carries for Joe, 128 yards. He also had four receptions for 23, so he accounted for 150 yards of offense. Yeah, 33 touches, over 150 yards, and a, and a touchdown. Um, you know, you got you got a, a situation where Joe Burrow threw for two touchdown passes, and Jamar Chase, five catches, 101 yards. He had a touchdown. So, you know, there was balance uh, there, and a you know, 100-yard rusher, a 100-yard receiver, you like that, you know, it usually is accompanied by a 300-yard passer. But, again, Joe didn't throw the football all that much to get to that, that kind of number. But the disturbing thing is quite a few sacks and, you know, limited number of attempts. So that's got to that's get rectified a little bit. Last year was 32 sacks in nine and a half games, so roughly the same pace, five sacks on opening day. That's even actually a little bit higher than the average last year. But Mike Zimmer's defense is going to do that to the best of them. He uh, dials up those exotic looks on third down in particular, and I think any team that doesn't play the Vikings on a regular basis is going to struggle with that. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the, the thing that concerns me is if I'm a lineman, Five sacks in less than 30 attempts. That's you know that's better than one per six dropbacks. That's that's a number. You know when he was getting sacked five times last year, it was like 38, 40 attempts. So you know the ratio of number of attempts and number of sacks and hits is even a little bit higher than what Joe suffered. You know last year. So um, as a group, you, you've got to got to tighten it up. Um, that, and that's everybody: offensive line, running backs, and blitz pickup. You know, same old story. It takes 11 to run the ball, it takes 11 to stop the run, 11 to throw it, and 11 to stop it. So um, everybody everybody has some accountability there, but it, it does have to get a little bit better. The good news is, you know, Joe said afterwards that, uh, um, you know, he's fine. The doctors checked the whole thing out. He's got no issues. You know, he was on, that, on the bicycle just to make sure that he kept it warm. He said it wasn't that it was painful. Um, and he had his, as we saw, his iPad the whole time, and he was, you know, he was just ready to go. So um, he's... Definitely a tough dude. There's no doubt about that. That's for sure. 12 penalties for the Vikings, three for the Bengals. Four of those Minnesota penalties came on offense on their opening drive of the season. Joe Burrow said after the game it was absolutely due to crowd noise. I didn't really think that that was the case at the time. I mean, it was a good crowd. They were noisy. Maybe the fact that they played in front of empty stands last year made it seem that much louder. I know one thing. I'm glad the Bengals didn't have to go to Minnesota and face that crowd in that dome. Oh, my God. If they thought this was loud here outside with a, a – it wasn't quite a sellout, but it was darn close, 
Imagine what it would have been like up there. So that's a that's a huge advantage for the Bengals to be at home rather than having to travel up to Minnesota. Um, yeah, but I, it it does show that the, this town is definitely hungry to have a have a winner. There is no doubt about it. And of those thirteen penalties, I think five or six holding calls. DJ Reader drew three holding calls himself, and you know Hendrickson drew a couple of holding calls on top of being involved in pressure and sacks. So the the defensive line got in the Minnesota Vikings offensive linemen's heads big time. So I think that physicality and the overpowering thing, plus the crowd noise, it's like, I mean, they get called for illegal formations because the tackles are trying to cheat, you know, get back far enough to be able to change the angle and pass rush. Can't do that. And I think crowd noise, that, you know, the excellence of the players, all, all of it kind of snowballed a little bit on the Minnesota Vikings at times up front themselves. I don't think anybody in the stands or on the sideline or in the broadcast booth doubted that Evan McPherson would make that game-winning kick. It's a rookie. He's never had a walk-off game winner at any level in his life. Drilled it. What a change in the confidence that you have in your kicker from last year where Randy Bullock, 31 yards to force overtime, first game of the year, misses and grabs his calf afterward. This kid steps up there like it's practice on a Tuesday afternoon and there's no pressure at all. Yeah, what a what a thing it's what a thing it is to go from calf man to the bull, strong like bull, kick like strong bull. I mean, just just an unbelievable performance. That guy is incredible. Like we've said many times, great hitters. I remember you know listening to, and watching Ken Griffey Jr. in the batting cage. Adam Dunn, you know when these guys hit the ball, it made like a different sound. When he kicks it, it makes a different, th- a much different sound. I mean, some guys just have that explosiveness, you know, whatever it is. You know, Tiger Woods making contact when he was right physically with his golf swing. It's just some guys are different, you know, and, and he's different. There's no two ways, two ways about it. And uh, in the AFC North, when it can get dicey weather-wise, it's good to have a guy like that because he, he not only does he kick them extreme length, they're straight. I mean, he's very, very accurate. He doesn't, he doesn't push it. He doesn't hook it. I mean, he, he hits it true and pure almost every time. It's incredible. So the Bengals, I think, wound up with three sacks today, but they drew all of those holding penalties as well. I thought the defensive line and the pass rush was pretty impressive. I agree with you. I, th- I thought that uh, everybody made contributions. I thought the interior, B.J. Hill got a sack, you know, and, and I think they complemented each other. There was good edge pressure, and then the push of the pocket didn't allow him to step up. When there was push in the pocket, you know, the, the ends would get there and, and, and make hits on him. That, and that's what it takes. Uh, that's, that's when you have something cooking. And, and uh, you know, they only had 17 sacks all year last year. And to get three in the opener, plus all the disruption with respect to pen, penalty, holding penalty, guys lining up too far off the line of scrimmage because they're a little fearful of what's happening on the edge. I, I got I to gotta get back. This guy's too quick. He's going to be around me, I, you know, and uh, the, the officials, line judge and side judge, uh, good move by them, not allowing them to do that, you know, and and so they got caught with a hand in the cookie jar trying that uh, that trick, but I thought overall uh, the defensive line played very well. This team needed a week, a week one win after winning a total of six games the last two years and really squandering good performances on opening day each of the last two. Had they let this thing slip through their fingertips, and it looked like they were going to at the end of overtime. This would have been a pretty devastating loss. One score games in the, in the two years under Zach going into this, 2-13-1. and one. Now they're 3-13-1. It would have been ugly to go 2-14-1, particularly with that, 
like you said, two score lead. Uh, what six minutes to go in the in the in the second in the first half? Well, three minutes to go. They're up by fourteen points. By fourteen points. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean it's that's uh, you, you got to you got to finish those off. There's no question about it. And and I think uh, I think this will this will go a long way. I, I think they realize that there's going to be ebbs and flows, peaks and valleys, and and you can't you can't let one play or you know like a fourth and one not converting turn into multiple bad plays as a unit, defense, offense, special teams, or individually. Eli Apple had a, a drive in there that, you know, he'd like to forget. Well, you can't just forget the drive. You have to forget the play because you can't make, you know, like three mistakes like he did on that one drive. One bad play can't turn into three bad plays. The same for a unit. You know, one assignment mistake or bad play can't turn into two or three or they're going to score on your in a, in a heartbeat. But I do think um, – the thing I liked, one of the things I liked most about that game, and I talked to both of them in the locker room after the game, uh, when Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow saw Jamar Chase had breathing one-on-one, both their eyes got big. And they're like, hmm, this looks familiar. And phew, downtown, huge touchdown, big play. In a game like this, you can go back to so many plays. I remember Bill Tiger Johnson, my first line coach, saying, young man, these games in the NFL, for the most part, there are going to be some mismatches, but for the most part, it's going to come down to three, maybe five plays during the course of the whole game that's going to determine the outcome of the game. And you don't know if it's in the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, or fourth quarter. So you've got to play your tail off every single snap. You feel me? Yes, sir, I got you. <laughs> and that, that's literally how it is in the National Football League. There's, there's no two ways about it. And the, the other thing was uh, on this game, uh, the turnover, the takeaway, that was massive, obviously. And now they're 5-2-1 and one under Zach when they win the turnover margin. You know, um, small sample size, unfortunately, in 33 games. But they're 0-16 when they don't. They haven't won when they're negative. So it's big to win the turnover margin, and they sh- hopefully will continue that. I forgot to say it during the broadcast. I'll say it now. Coffin nails. <laughs> That's right. Bam! Bam, bam. And I'll tell you, took a while, but they finally got the hammer out to pound those nails in, that's for sure. Up next, a road game in Chicago against Andy Dalton and the Bears. That's going to do it for this episode of the Bengals Booth Podcast, brought to you by Bud Light Seltzer. Refresh the game. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe, and if you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. That helps more Bengals fans find this podcast. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.